Welcome to this special edition of What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. In this episode, recorded at the Cornet Global Podcast Parlor in Madrid, Spain, Paul Thurman, a professor at Columbia University, discusses how to measure performance in corporate real estate. Good day, everyone, and greetings from Madrid, Spain at the Cornet Global Podcast Parlor. Uh, I'm Paul Thurman. I'm a professor at Columbia University, where I teach in the uh, Graduate Schools of Business and Public Health, and it's a pleasure to be with you here in Madrid as we look at the sunshine and we start to think about things like performance management. The topic of my talk will be exactly that today. How do we actually measure performance, and are there new and different and perhaps better ways to take a broader view of performance measurement than the ones we're used to, particularly those that are financial. So I start with a question for you. How do you measure performance in corporate real estate today? Think about that for a moment. Do you measure it perhaps in cost per square meter? Do you measure it in occupancy rates? Uh, do you measure something related to budgets or floor space or numbers of personnel in different places? Chances are, if you think carefully about the metrics that you use in corporate real estate, you start to think about things financially. You start to denominate a lot of those metrics in terms of currency, uh, maybe dollars per square foot, uh, euros per employee, something like that. And that's a good start. Certainly organizations, especially those that are public, uh, focus a lot on financial measurements and financial success. But can we do better? Can we take a broader view of performance management in the context of creating better and healthier organizations? And I think we can. Edwin G. Booz, who founded the consulting firm Booz Allen and Hamilton uh, in the early 19 uh, teens, uh, around 1914, had a phrase that a lot of people have used over the years, and it's a very simple one that says, if something can be measured, it can be improved. And certainly in today's worlds of big data and corporate performance reporting, uh, we don't lack from measurements, uh, and we certainly don't lack from ideas and tasks to try to improve the organization. But what does that really mean in terms of measuring performance if most of our measurements are only focused on money and on currency? Uh, how can we do better than that? Are there other ways that we can and perhaps should be assessing performance for the benefit of our employees, our customers, and for our company? Again, most measurements in corporate real estate and most performance metrics are focused on money. Let's think about some others. What others can you think of that might be helpful in terms of measuring success for your organization? Might you consider the health and well-being of your employees? Might you consider what your customers think about your organization, how satisfied they are? Uh, might you also think about some internal performance measurements, perhaps around your information technology assets, around legal compliance, and around things that aren't so obviously measured in terms of money and uh, financial measurements? My sense is that if you think uh, hard enough, you can come up with lots of measurements and lots of metrics that uh, are not always measured in money or in currency, but are very important to the success and the health of an organization, especially because they're managed by corporate real estate. And those are the ones that are focused on how our customers see us, how our employees work with us and for us, and how our internal operations work and support the work that we do for our employees. The framework I want to share with you to think more broadly about performance management is not a new one. It's one that uh, two Harvard Business School professors developed several years ago. Uh, the professors are Kaplan and Norton, and they developed this notion of a balanced scorecard. So if you're going to measure performance, 
it's helpful to first think about what your strategy is and what your vision is. But once you have that, I apologize, I'm going to rephrase that. In any organization, it's important to have a sound strategy that focuses on a vision uh, and a mission that you're deploying to achieve that vision. When it comes to performance management, two Harvard Business School professors, Kaplan and Norton, developed a technique uh, several years ago called the balanced scorecard. That's quite helpful when you're trying to translate your mission, the activities you do today, into a vision that you want to achieve in the future. Most times when we develop strategies, we develop action plans. But do we always do a good job of coming up with, with ways to measure the effectiveness of those action plans? Kaplan and Norton devised this balanced scorecard idea that takes into account not only the financial indicators that I've been talking about, but other non-financial metrics and measurements that are equally important to run an organization and for that organization to achieve its vision. Let me talk a little bit more about what the balanced scorecard is. The balanced scorecard comprises four areas. Clearly, financial performance metrics are important. So one part of the balanced scorecard is measuring financial performance, whether it's around cost or revenue, uh, profit or budget. It's important to measure things like our returns on our investments, our budget adherence, uh, different costs levels, uh, and different cost metrics that we manage uh, on a day-to-day -day or on a periodic basis. But Kaplan and Norton said that if an organization only focuses on the financial metrics, then they may fall short in achieving better performance uh, because they may miss things around three other important areas. And those other important areas of the balanced scorecard are customer-focused metrics. These are metrics that we tend to think of when we think of our customers or people who consume our services. Uh, are they happy? Are they satisfied? Do we have good customer satisfaction? Uh, do our customers come back to us time and time again? Or do they only come to us once and never shop in our store in the future? So how do we measure that satisfaction? How do we measure that share? How do we measure their visits? Uh, in corporate real estate, our customers may be our business partners or other parts of our organization, but we still have customers. And they have an opinion as to whether they're getting good service and satisfaction from us. So how good a job do we in corporate real estate do at measuring our customer satisfaction and their ability to come back and ask for our help over and over again and be satisfied with our services. So the first addition to financial metrics is this notion of customer metrics. The third area I want to talk about on the balance scorecard is what Kaplan and Norton refer to as internal processes or internal operations. If we manage our financial metrics to manage our costs, for example, and we do so in a way that keeps our customers satisfied with what we're doing, then we also need to keep a lot of the back office or, or things that the customers don't see running smoothly as well. In most organizations, a lot of those back office functions are things like information technology, legal, finance, human resources, uh, and some of the processes that run our particular company. Think about infection control, for example, in a hospital. Think about uptime on a network for a telecommunications company. Uh, think about uh, ATM availability for a retail or a consumer bank. These types of things that the customer may not see are important to track. We want to track these internal processes, and we want to make sure we're doing a good job with them because if we don't, then the customers may start to see our performance suffering. So if we don't measure our effectiveness with our internal processes, 
our customer metrics may start to decline, which in turn will cost us more money to keep our customers happy, thus affecting our financial metrics. So in these ways, if we think about financial metrics, customer metrics, and internal operational performance, these are three key dimensions of running our organization and running any corporate real estate function. Do we manage our money well? Do we keep our customers happy? And are our internal operations, perhaps our contract signing timelines, our service level agreements, if those are all in good shape, then chances are we're running our real estate function and indeed our corporation quite well. The last area, or the fourth area, that Kaplan and Norton have as part of their balance scorecard is one called learning and growth. This is one that was added later by these two authors. Uh, They first started with just financial, customer, and internal operations, but then realized that a key stakeholder, namely our employees, our staff, our talent, also need to have goals and key performance indicators for their performance. So when it comes to learning and growth, is our organization learning? Are we growing? Are we acquiring more knowledge? Are we becoming smarter? Are we doing a better job? Are our employees happy? Are they satisfied with their working arrangements? Do they enjoy working for us? And, they would, and would they recommend that other people work for our company as well? So when we think of learning and growth, we tend to think of metrics like employee satisfaction. We also think of them growing. Perhaps we offer tuition reimbursement and offer training services or training opportunities to some of our high-potential employees. Do we retain those employees over time? So employee retention uh, and employee promotion levels are also good indicators in the learning and growth section to give us a sense of whether we're attracting top talent, retaining it, and then keeping it happy inside the organization. So I hope this notion of a balanced scorecard comprising financial metrics, customer-focused metrics, metrics that help us with our internal operations, and then metrics and scores that help us measure our our ability as an organization and as a group of employees to learn and to grow, I hope this sets a broader picture and gives us more context in which we can measure performance and the goodness of our organization beyond just the euros and the dollars and the cents that are often measured with a lot of financial metrics. Now, to be clear, we don't want to create tons of metrics. Organizations often suffer from uh, metric pollution, There's so many KPIs and so many metrics and scorecards used that it's hard to focus. So one goal is to try to make these scorecards simple and short and focus only on the metrics that make sense to run the business to achieve our vision. A good analogy might be an automobile. If you sit in an automobile to drive it, you'll notice that there are lots of metrics on the dashboard in front of you. However, when you actually drive the automobile, you may only pay attention to one or two of them to successfully get to your journey, to successfully complete your journey or to get to your journey's end. In an organization, we would call that getting to our vision. In a car, you would call it getting to your destination. You may, for example, pay attention only to the speed of the car through the speedometer simply to avoid getting a traffic ticket perhaps or to be in compliance with certain laws. And you might occasionally look at the fuel gauge to make sure your car has enough gas or petrol to complete your journey. Other than that, a lot of the other metrics that are available to you to look at, you may only notice if something goes wrong. For example, if the engine light comes on or the oil temperature light comes on, that may be the only time you'll ever notice that metric on your dashboard. 
And isn't this true in business as well? Sometimes we only notice a metric when it starts to decline or indicate poor performance. In this way, by looking at a more balanced view of our organization's performance, we don't want to create hundreds of metrics, but perhaps only those few critical ones that really help us achieve our vision. In the same way, we pay attention to only one or two things to drive a complicated piece of machinery to get us where we need to go. Along with this balanced scorecard, it's not enough just to have metrics. We have to tell our employees and tell our teams how to achieve them. It's not enough to know what the target is. We have to give people action plans. And with that, it's a good thing to really marry or to compare the action plans that we put together with the scorecards that we're measuring success with. Do we have actions? Do we have tasks that are being performed that we're not measuring? If so, why aren't we measuring them? Or why aren't they linked to the measures that we think are important? Because if those tasks don't need to be done or they're not contributing to achieving any particular goal or objective, why are we doing them? Perhaps those resources could be redeployed to better use and to greater benefit. Is it possible that we actually are tracking measures uh, that no one is doing any activity on? Perhaps we're measuring a goal or a target. We're measuring uh, something that no one is working on. So in this way, if we've set goals and we're measuring success but no one is working on it, perhaps we either need to deploy resources to work on those goals or now is not the right time to measure that particular metric or to try to achieve that particular outcome. So by looking at our balanced scorecards as well as the tasks that our employees undertake and the action plans that we give them, if we look at them in concert and really ask ourselves, do we have the right metrics and are those metrics being acted upon effectively, we can strive toward better performance and, I believe, better utilization of our precious corporate real estate services. So I leave you in this podcast with hopefully a couple of new ideas around balancing our performance with a balanced scorecard and making sure that we have the right action plans for those targets. Because if we're measuring something that we have no action for, why are we measuring it? And if we're doing work that's not being measured, why are we doing it? I'll leave you with one question. What might you measure differently tomorrow than you measure today? What might you change about a scorecard that you currently have that will help update and help target your actions of your teams more effectively? What measuring might you stop? Might there be scorecard metrics today that you try to track and measure that no one is working on? Why is that? Is it because now is not the, not the time to measure it? Or now might, must be the time that we put some resources against those metrics? So again, what might you do differently tomorrow in managing your performance and in managing your organization's performance that you're doing differently than today? Think about that, and I'll be back with another podcast at our Madrid Summit or from our Boston Summit, where I'm going to take this a step further and start to think about how do we get more creative and how do we become more innovative when it comes to designing these types of metrics and these types of action plans. I'll see you on that podcast, but for now, goodbye from Madrid and happy scorecard. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.